Our scripture reading this morning is found in Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 38. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, a virgin ple- to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled as to his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son. And you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and he will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you. And the power of the most high will overshadow you. So the holy one to be born will be called the son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who said, was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. On Christmas Day, 1988, a beautiful story appeared in the New York Daily News was called, Remember, it is love that makes us rich. The story tells about a place in Edinburgh, Scotland, called the Museum of Childhood. This museum is a place that is full of childhood treasures, treasures of the upper classes, such as elegant teddy bears and puppets and rocking horses and cases and cases of dolls on display. It is a sad and dreary thing that in one corner, in a solitary case, there's a worn, raggedy-looking doll, much the worse for the wear. A sign on this doll says, Doll belonging to London slum child, around 1905. This is a doll that can bring tears to your eyes because it is so pitiful, and yet it is so very, very beautiful, the article said, because some slum child loved it so much. The author of the article writes these words, If you cannot appreciate the story of the raggedy doll, you cannot appreciate the story of Christmas. A pitiful doll loved into beauty. That's us. We are that doll. Look at us. Who are we that God should love us so much? There is nothing to recommend us. Nothing but God's love. Love that came down at Christmas. The Christmas story begins with a woman named Mary. She was a young woman. Very young. She was engaged to a man named Joseph, who was a good man. A hard-working man a descendant of David. 
Mary and Joseph lived in Nazareth, a town in Galilee. Engagement for, in those days was for a period of one year, and it was as legally binding as marriage is. So legal that during this year, if Joseph would have died, Mary would still be considered a widow, even though they had not been wed. Mary was quite young, but she was wise beyond her years. Still, she was unprepared for what was about to happen to her. God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth to bring her a message. Greetings, you are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Luke tells us that Mary was greatly troubled, but Gabriel said, don't be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and his name will be Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And then we read about how the angel told her that the Lord God will give him the throne of, of his father, David, and that he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever, and that his kingdom will never, ever come to an end. Mary had a very sensible answer to what Gabriel told her. She said, how will this be since I am a virgin? Gabriel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you so the Holy One will be born, will be called the Son of God. Mary said, I am the, the Lord's servant. What a wonderful response. Not, are you kidding me? Are you crazy? This can't happen. No. She said, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left. What a simple yet beautiful story. The angel came to Gabriel. Angels, we know, are messengers from God. What do they look like? We don't know. But when angels appear to people in the Bible, the first words are usually something like this Do not be afraid. So maybe it's good that angels don't make a lot of appearances. Sometimes ordinary flesh and blood, kind and generous human beings, act as angels. Anyone here can be a Christmas angel. If you look around and you find someone whose life you can imagine you can make a little brighter with a generous gift, it's something to think about. The angel Gabriel came to Mary Mary was a virgin, engaged to a righteous man, a good man, whose name was Joseph. She was pregnant. How could this be? It was impossible. May I suggest that some of us, probably all of us, yes, all of us, have a picture of God that is far too small. We're talking about the God who created this beautiful world, put the stars in the sky, and made all the beauty that we see around us. Look at a newborn baby. God created that beautiful child. Is it too big of a leap of faith to believe that God who created this amazing planet and who created us would choose to have his son to be born of a virgin if that's what God wanted? To me, it's not really a surprise at all. In this holy season, we need to open our hearts and our minds to the idea that God came into this world 
in the unique person of Jesus. Jesus really is the Son of God. And he has given you a place in this world as a child of God, too. The angel Gabriel came to Mary with a message from God that she would bear a son who would be called the Son of the Most High. And Jesus came into our world, didn't he? To me, it is the most beautiful and believable story in the world. Not because of the virgin birth, not because of angels, but because the impact that Jesus had on this world and continues to have and that his coming again will have. Speaker and author John Ortberg recently listed six ways that Jesus changed the world. Let me just mention a couple of them. He said that the world was changed forever because of Jesus for these reasons. In the ancient world, children were routinely left to die to exposure. It was nothing unusual, especially if they were girls. Jesus' treatment of and teachings about children helped lead to the forbidding of such practices. He made a difference in that respect. Next is impact on education. The ancient world loved education, but tended to reserve it for special, elite people. The notion that every child bore God's image, that idea that Jesus presented helped to fuel the move for literacy, for People learn, everyone learning to read and universal uh, ability to get education. Universities such as Cambridge, Oxford, Harvard, and many, many others all began as Jesus-inspired efforts to love God with your mind. Then the idea of compassion. Jesus' compassion to the poor and the sick led to the institutions for lepers, And these institutions were the very beginnings of what later became hospitals. Jesus had an impact in so many different ways. There are others that I'll, I'll not mention this morning. Forgiveness, though, was an important one, an idea that Jesus taught us. In the ancient word, in the ancient world, I should say, virtue meant rewarding your friends and punishing your enemies. That's the way it used to be. Imagine how shocking it was when that humble teacher, Jesus, taught that what is best in life is to love your enemies and to make things right. Just a few of the ways that the world was changed by the coming of this little baby. Soldier standing at the foot of the cross as Jesus breathed his last breath was right when he said, truly, this man was the Son of God. The coming of Christ brought in a whole new world. God's vision for the world isn't here yet, but it's coming. And it's all thanks to a baby born in a manger. There's still too much pain in the world. There's still too much hatred, too much sickness, too much war, too much fear, too much poverty, too many children going hungry, and adults. I was shocked to learn this week because we have a Thanksgiving dinner here. Some folks called me this week and said, are you having a a Christmas dinner as well? I'm not too sure what I'm going to have for dinner on, on Christmas. In our own community. It amazed me. 
Too much of that. We took care of those people, by the way. No one's going hungry that we know about. God is moving. God is moving slowly but surely in this world. The reason God is moving slowly is because God has chosen to work through us, ordinary people. And sometimes we're a little bit slow. God respects our freedom. He gives us the right to say yes or no. He gives us opportunities and then it's up to us whether we're going to accept those opportunities or not. Just as he gave Mary the freedom. And she could have said no when the angel came and told her that she was going to bear her son. But her response was not that. Her response was, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. This should be our answer when God calls us to do God's work in this world. Jesus touched the world as no one else ever has. I hope that he has touched each of your lives and the lives of the people that you love. I hope the message of Christmas, this Christmas, will invade your life as it never has before. And we will all join with all who call themselves his followers, his disciples, working to bring his kingdom to this world, that one day the whole world will join the angel's song of peace on earth. Goodwill to people everywhere. Amen.